Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is the Bubble Queen from Philadelphia. Meadow Perry is my guest. We discuss her upcoming show at the Magic Castle, combining magic and bubbles, and how you can learn bubble magic from her. Nicola Capo joins me on the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Luke Dancy. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments. And this week, she was the main event last week, and I thought I'd flip-flop things, so this time, she can open for Meadow. Gabriella Lester joins me on the show to discuss the magic she never leaves the house without on the Everyday Carry. Gabriella Lester. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the Everyday Carry. All right, you are going to leave the house. You're going to go get groceries. You're going to meet your friends for coffee, but you're a nerd, so you don't leave the house with some magic. What is your Everyday Carry? Okay, this is probably the same answer that you get a lot, but I would say a deck of cards most of the time just because I always have it with me. Mm -hmm. In the second regard, it would be literally anything else that I'm working on, I would have with me. Like if I'm working on a rope trick, I will walk out of the house with like a giant piece of rope in my hand. (laughs) Or like when I was doing getting into escapes, I used to wear like my handcuffs as bracelets in high school. Weird kid, I know, yeah, no, it wasn't cool. It was not cool. But I think like anytime I'm working on anything at all, I will leave the house with it. So I just have like that creative space in my mind always, which just makes me look really, really strange sometimes. The fire marshal must hate it when you are focusing on your fire eating act. Yeah, they're not a big fan, really. <laughs> I had that in my car always, like, you know, get yeah. put the groceries in the trunk, eat a little swig of fire, and then keep going with your day. Let me ask you about the deck of cards. Is there a preferred deck of cards that you have, and do you have any gaffes that you typically carry in it on a regular basis? That's the one that always fascinates me, because when I do hear someone carries around a deck of cards, because a deck of cards is my everyday carry, but it's not just like an ordinary yeah. deck of cards. So what, tell me about your deck. Well, uh there's this deck that started on Kickstarter, funded by a magician named Sean Farquhar, and they are called the Hidden Wonders Playing Cards. Sean, who? <laughs> uh, he's this like the guy from Shrek. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> stop saying these things when you're recording it. Um, I have Sean's Hidden Wonders cards with me all the time because gotcha. genuinely, as much as I, I will say to support Sean, I mm-hmm. genuinely think that they are the best deck of cards I've ever held in my hands. And I love looking at the faces of magicians when I hand them to them. And they it's just, it's a it's a beautiful little thing. Mm-hmm. I got them with me always. Um, before that, it would have been bicycle. But I like grew up with a deck of cards in one hand and a fork in the other hand, like... <laughs> eating and practicing it's just it's my whole world i love that you you do have a specific deck of cards that you are partial to and the hidden wonders deck is a fantastic deck sean gifted me one once and uh it's got a special place on my wall gabriella lester thanks uh uh, whatever you're working on but also a very specific deck of cards is uh is an excellent everyday carry thanks so much for joining us on the show yeah thank you thanks to gabriella for joining me on the show if you haven't heard it yet listen to last week's episode and get an insight on one of the fastest rising young stars in magic now on to the main event. Meadow Perry has performed at the IBM National Convention, the Boston Magic Lab, Philadelphia's Smoke and Mirrors Theater, and has over 18 million views on TikTok. She's one of the most in-demand bubble performers in the country, often performing for companies like Amazon and Paramount. I was fortunate enough to grab some of her time on Zoom, and now you get to join our conversation. Meadow Perry, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I feel like this has been a long time coming because I know that you are frequently on the... uh, uh, you are on the IBM's live stream with Michael Dardant uh, and the the sort of sleight of handy uh, interview show, and I've been a guest on that. But it's finally time for you to be a guest here. You're a bubble magician. 
Yes, I'm so happy to be on here. I've, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm bubbly, as it were. <laughs> you, you are bubbly, and I'm I'm curious as to so I I don't often ask people this, um, oh. specifically because this podcast is not about that. It's not about how people got interested in magic, but I'm interested in how you became fascinated by bubble magic because it's a different genre of magic than a lot of other areas you know you meet coin magicians card magicians mentalists illusionists the bubble magicians are very few and far between and it's not just that you do bubble sculptures it's that you actually do magic with bubbles yes. talk about how you started to combine bubble sculpture and magic sure so it's a it's been a weird journey uh, I was doing princess parties, also not a shocker to anyone. Uh, I, uh, as a musical theater performer, that's kind of where I landed um, doing princess impersonations and quickly realized um, one that's kind of a not sad place for my skill set, but like I could do more, right? I have more mm -hmm. skills than that. Um, and that I can't be a princess forever. Um, so I would either turn into the Eve Queen or I had to do something else. <laughs> And um, so I, you know, there was a lot of uh, gigs that I did alongside magicians mm -hmm. and I look at them and think, well, I, I could do that in my own way. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started looking at doing magic and along the way I decided to do the giant bubbles and created this fairy character, took it to the Renaissance Fair, uh, did a few little magic tricks, but really the big bubbles were the mainstay and it was the most photographed thing of the season and they begged to have me back and I said well yes but I, I want to create a show and you know I wanted to really invest some money into uh, making a, a really nice show so uh, I was also looking at other forms of entertainment and where I could put a good investment and I had thought about doing the silicone mermaid tails that are a lot of money mm -hmm. but I looked around and a lot of people are doing the mermaid thing so yeah. I then landed in Bubble World. Uh, <laughs> there, there is an entire an international community of bubble artists, mm -hmm. and I said, "Ooh, I want to do that." Um, and I invested in a whole bunch of props, and I sat on them for like six months, going, mm -hmm. "I don't know what to do with this." <laughs> uh, and then I just started to play and figure stuff out, and created this whole show, and then discovered that, wow bubbles blow away when you're outside. Mm -hmm. So I needed to have those magic tricks as a backup. So I was doing feather flowers. I was doing mm -hmm. silly Billy's princess in a pickle mm -hmm. and sort of all these little backup tricks um, and discovered that, wow, I, I really like doing magic. Uh, so, but the bubbles had to be a mainstay. Mm -hmm. So, cause people really like the bubble archery, but they also really like the magic. So now I've just married them together and ditched the fairy wings and now have my, my show has really grown up mm -hmm. um, and it's now a beautiful cabaret piece that I do and I love it. I think that that is a, an excellent description of it is this beautiful cabaret piece. Uh, you and I worked the IBM convention in Atlanta, uh, the mm -hmm. sort of international convention and you, you were on this gala show and if you've never seen Meadow's show, you should go check it out because you wear this uh, beautiful purple sequins gown that is uh, very, very elegant and classy while you are 
producing bubbles and then the bubble wall is really fascinating and you've got sort of a solid through solid effect with the bubbles which doesn't that's a very hard thing to describe because like when magicians think of solid through solid they think of like i don't know like a like a bottle passing through a plate glass but then there's a fragility to what you're dealing with that yes. that makes it yes. so much more impressive Yes, uh, I I call it the danger of being delicate, mm-hmm. uh, because just like when you watch a juggler and you're like, oh no, they're gonna drop it. You're watching to see if I'm gonna pop the bubbles or not, because you know bubbles, or at least you think you do, mm-hmm. but you really don't. You don't know all the all the things that you can do with them. Uh, so that's I the kind of the the premise of parts of my show, of like I'm pushing the limits of where what bubbles can do. Do you have any it, I'm I'm curious about this just because I you know you and I have been friends for quite some time and we've talked about a lot of things but we haven't really gotten in depth on this so this is sort of like a real conversation in real time. Sure. But when you are creating something new for your show, do you consider a power set for yourself and things that you can and can't do with bubbles or things that you should or should not do? Like when I look at my own show, I think about myself and I'm like, I know that my stage character would never levitate anything. So I'm just like, I'm not messing around with levitation effects. Uh, I might do things like that for Penguin, but I'm like, but Eric Tate on stage is probably not gonna levitate things. Do you think about that with bubbles and things that you should and shouldn't do or magic you should or should not create with bubbles? I mean, is there is there a consideration of that in the power set? There absolutely is. Uh, you know, there there are some bubble tricks that lend themselves better to family shows and, and children shows. Mm-hmm. Um, things like bringing out a slinky and doing bubbles around and around on a slinky. Mm-hmm. Um, things like dipping glasses into bubbles and and they the lenses become bubble films mm-hmm. and you blow through them. Um, like those things don't fit my character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to keep it the more elegant things um, and. Uh, I do have scripting for some of my my sculptures and pieces, so I don't have to do it to music. But I, I think it's very elegant and a kind of grown up way to do it uh, with with music. So, yeah, there are certain pieces that don't really fit my character. Even um, my danger bubble routine um, that's kind of a relic from Renaissance Fair. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to figure out a different way to package it because really being this elegant character and persona on stage and I'm licking a sword. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really fit with um, this elegant character because yeah. now I've, I've also changed out bubble wands to an elegant wine glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's different choices that have been made for that show. Uh, and, and some things just don't fit with that character. That's uh, that's really fascinating that like you're you're making these distinctions between like what works for a family audience and then what works for a cabaret act uh because i i I don't think many people have like had a serious thought about the direction that something like that would go and it almost feels like like you know and correct me if i'm wrong here but the uh performing bubble acts for a family audience is like a safe choice whereas taking a bubble act into an adult cabaret space is quite a bit more risky which is sort of the inverse of what usually happens in magic Mm -hmm. it's true when people think of bubbles they think of kids Mm -hmm. Uh, but 
I have found that my bubble magic show is more appreciated amongst adults. Uh, kids see magic every day. Everything is magical to them. Sorry to interrupt the bubbles, but this week the show is brought to you by Misprint 2.0 from Luke Dancy. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this off-kilter effect. Nick, I got a deck of cards the other day, and the 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 printing was all screwed up. The, the, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They were just like it was all everything was all crooked and cockeyed, and you went. You didn't order it off Penguin, did you? No, no, I didn't. No. I didn't order it off okay. Penguin. I just, yeah, I just you, got it at the drugstore. I should have. You I, didn't. Yeah. You, you weren't buying the elites. Huh? Nope, I wasn't buying the elites. And well, well, that'll, that'll do it. That'll yeah. do it. Oh, why? What happened? Some of the cards were. Well, you know, I uh, the cards were all were all crooked, but uh, fortunately, don't you hate that? <laughs> I know a really great trick from Luke Dancy called Misprint 2.0, so it wasn't a problem. I was able to straighten everything out and go on with yeah, my, my tricks. It's a, it's a. <laughs> Which this is so hilarious. Misprint is a great trick. It is. It uh, really is. And you, you <laughs> that's the feature product we're talking about. I think we are we starting to do a bunch of bits uh, at the I beginning guess of the so. I guess right. so. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're people, we're filming these late or we're, we're just talking yeah. on the internet, but these are late this time. So, uh, no, Misprint 2.0 by Luke Dancy is a really fun gimmick. And this doesn't really live in that like routine world. This is almost like, it's almost like a throwaway moment before you get to your your the rest of your magic, but it's super yeah. powerful. So Which like is calling it a throwaway is not right. It's not it, like this is okay. Here's what happens: you spread through your deck and you discover like one of the cards is misprint or like okay. Let me backtrack. Spread the deck face up um, and have somebody select a card and they sign it, and then you put it on the top of the deck and you turn it over and you both discover that the back of the card that they selected is like horribly misprinted, like completely cockeyed, right? Now it kind of feels like, oh, wow, that's that's bad. And it's bad enough that the spectator understands too. So then you just say, well, hold on, maybe I can fix this. And you visibly like shift the back design of the card back straight. It's just like this very subtle, slow morph of the back design of the card into a straight back design it's, and then you turn the card back over and it's their signed card still and then you just go on with whatever trick you were going to do it's so crazy though because it is visual it's one of those visuals that plays really well slow and with misprint 2.0 you get props so that you can do this with uh, red uh, back rider back blue rider back you can do it with uh, tally hose if you want but, you, but also it comes with gimmicks so you can do it with the face of the card so you can do it with like the king the queen the jack face cards uh, it makes it really cool yeah and that's the original version yeah. misprint mm -hmm. is uh with the with the back design and it it is exactly that like it's a it's a secondary moment and mm -hmm. it easily fits into any routine that you're going to do because it's just one gimmick card that's in your deck now with misprint 2 you're able to do the face of the card as well You'll get some specially printed uh, faces of uh, cards that you can shift. Uh, it works with um, the court cards. So like a king of diamonds, for example, the center square there that contains the artwork will be shit like off center and you can just slightly move it. So there is a routine possible where you spread through the deck, you discover a card on the back that is like really misprinted. You turn it over. It's also misprinted on the face. And so that you fix the face and then you also fix the back and then hand it out and go on with whatever routine you're going to do. It is not like, like you can make a routine out of it, mm -hmm. but it's so powerful when it's just like one of these, like, Oh, Oh, what's wrong with this? Is this card? Like, Oh wow. This card's horribly misprinted. Did that ever happened to you? 
and then go on from there. And it's a very great, very cool trick. It comes with all the crafting materials that you need to make the game. Like you don't actually make them, but you just have to do a little setup to them. So. It comes with gimmicks ready to go right out of the box, but it really is a kit that allows you to do a whole bunch of stuff. And it's a fantastic trick that I know that everyone listening to this is going to love. Misprint 2.0 by Luke Dancy. Check it out. That was Misprint 2.0 by Luke Dancy, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the bubbly listeners to our show receive 25% off the featured product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is Xerox, just like the copy machine, Xerox. That's X-E-R-O-X for 25% off Misprint by 2.0 by Luke Dancy. That code is only good for Misprint 2.0 and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Meadow Perry. It's true. When people think of bubbles, they think of kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have found that my bubble magic show is more appreciated amongst adults. Uh, Kids see magic every day. Everything is magical to them. Mm -hmm. Everything's cool. Everything, you know. So they're like, yeah, cool. Bubble sculpture. Awesome. Uh, They don't quite appreciate uh, how difficult it is sometimes. Um, And and sort of the, the beauty and the elegance of it, I think, is much more appreciated by adults. Whereas a kid's show... They appreciate the silliness mm-hmm. of of the the silly packaging around the bubbles is what they like. Yeah, they they don't really care that much about the bubbles. They just want to pop them. <laughs> Whereas the adults, they want they want to they want to sit and watch and see the beauty and and see what you're creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is sort of where a lot of the sculptures come from, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Because there's yeah. a there's a there's a really rich uh, culture and history of bubble sculpture. Is there not? There is. Uh, I mean, it goes back through the vaudeville days, but Tom Noddy really, you know, brought bubble sculptures to the forefront in in performing arts. And who is Tom Noddy? Sorry, I'm I'm too ignorant on on bubble bubble sculptures (laughs) to know. Uh, Tom Noddy is kind of the grandfather of bubbles. Um, He was the president of the Association of International Bubble Artists. Yes, that is a thing. Um, but he, you got as uh, defensive as I get when I talk about the IBM to (laughs) non-magicians. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's even more niche than the IBM. Um, there's, there's maybe a hundred, 150 international bubble artists, but, Mm -hmm. um, Tom Noddy started doing puppetry in, in the seventies. Um, and, and then in the eighties and he, uh, sort of developed these bubble things. Um, he saw, a, a bubble he saw a puppeteer bouncing a smoke bubble off of their jacket mm-hmm. and uh, thought that was fascinating and he started doing that and then he he started playing with bubbles and discovering new things and um started making an entire act around it and then kind of got discovered he actually did uh an ibm convention back in the 80s really? and yeah, which I think is fascinating because people all the time, they're like, wow, that's the first time I've ever seen that. And I'm like, no, Tom Noddy has also done <laughs> magic conventions long before me. But, um, you know, then he went on to the Johnny Carson show and David Letterman show and, and uh, he just became the bubble guy. And that's mm-hmm. that's what he goes by, the bubble guy. And he still performs now. He just performed at the Moisture Festival um, and he's a phenomenal yeah performer he's a he's a great storyteller he's captivating he just it's like um you're sitting in front of a fire with your grandpa like it just it's great (laughs) 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you do have an association with uh, Carissa Hendricks because you took over Bubble University from her? Yes, that's correct. Um, I just saw her at Monty, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I took over Bubble U. Well, didn't take over. Mm. Um, uh, she still has a big hand in Bubble U. Um, and we talked some Bubble Shop this past weekend. But very much more uh, of a collaboration these days. Yeah, very much a collaboration. Mm. Um, but she saw what I was doing during the pandemic in my virtual show. And, you know, she's been really busy with Lucy Darling. So yeah. uh, she needed another bubble expert to come on and, and help out with that. And she saw what I was doing and said, wow, Meadows, Meadows, that person. So mm-hmm. I'm, I've been thrilled to be a part of it. It's been great. Well, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Bubble University? Because it sounds like Bubble University is the place to go if you are interested in adding bubbles to your show. Absolutely. So Bubble U, uh, Bubble University, Bubble U um, is by Nonsense Kids, which was created by Carissa Hendricks. And um, there's tutorials on bubble artistry. There's recipes. There's full scripts to shows. Um, Carissa has been extremely generous with uh, giving tips and tricks from, from her time doing bubble shows. I've added my tidbits into it. And uh, it's like really a one-stop shop. I mean, there's also product reviews on on bubble things and magic bubble things. There's tons of the little weird tips and tricks that you need to know about bubbles that you're not going to find out about until you start doing bubbles. So like Chris and I will we save people time and an effort on learning these things because we've gone through these, these issues and we've discovered what works, what doesn't. So uh, yeah, it's really an all around um, package of teaching you the bubble artistry world. Having the limited experience I do with bubbles, uh, you know, I've hosted one bubble lecture and got to play quite a bit with that. And then you and I have become friends and, and I've gotten to play with bubbles with you. And it is, it's a really fascinating world. And even if I'm not doing it in my show, just like being able, like the fact that I know how to blow a hand bubble is endlessly fascinating to me. And I, like, I've lost hours of my life, like <laughs> continuing to like blow bubbles with just my hands, like not even having to use a wand. And it's, it's such a fun like it's almost meditative to play with. It's true. There are some bubble artists who that's all they do. And it's like a flow art. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't have like a formal show. It's just ambient style flow art entertainment with bubbles. And you're right. It's, it's meditative and it's fascinating when you see sort of the, the diffuse colors that happen on the bubbles and um, it's just really beautiful and you could just zone out and watch it. <laughs> It's it's been so nice to talk to you. We're we're just about out of time, but before we go, where can people see more of your bubble magic and see you performing soon? Absolutely. So you can find me at meadowperry.com uh, and there's links to all my social medias on there. But of course, I'm on all the social medias: Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I don't really do anything on Twitter, but you can come find me. No, um, no one does anything on Twitter anymore. No one does anything. On Twitter it's a anymore. wasteland. <laughs> um, I'm also on YouTube. Uh, there's some great videos on YouTube uh, and all of that jazz. Um, and where am I coming up next? Uh, well, I'll be at the Magic Castle in June. That is so exciting. <laughs> so, this yeah. is your first time at the Magic Castle, correct? This will be my first time at the Magic Castle. So June 12th 
to the 18th. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you know who you're performing with? Yes. Michael Dardot and Oscar Muniz. Oh, that is, that is a powerhouse. You're in the palace, correct? Yes. In the palace dream team. Like I couldn't have asked for a better team. You, Michael Dardon and Oscar Munoz in the, in the palace of the magic castle is not to be missed. Well, Meadow Perry, thanks so much for joining us on the penguin magic podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. I look forward to uh, (laughs) playing with bubbles and rocket league with you in the future. Take care. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Meadow Perry for joining me on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Live show alerts coming up for you. I'm at Keller's Magic and Comedy Club this weekend, and then the Mystique Dining Lounge in Salt Lake City, Utah, all next week, and then it's off to a secret convention in Texas for a few days. But keep an eye on the Penguin Magic Shop Instagram page, because I'll be hanging out in our brand new brick-and-mortar shop a couple of Thursdays every month to meet Penguin fans and jam on some magic. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe, as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you realize that you're about to post about realizing that you tragically mispronounced bubbles in it earlier on the show. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you better paint it on the side of one of Huge's wheels because I just redid my bracket. And as much as I want Witch Doctor to win the giant nut, I think Championship 7 is Huge's year. But if breaking down brackets for BattleBots isn't your cup of tea, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Theater, practice, practice, perform.